0: Everybody, welcome back to the Equip You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about something that is really important, and I don't think it's something that we talk enough about. Um, I noticed that whenever I talk about it on social media, many of you seem to share uh, these posts quite a lot and uh, quite often. And that's why I I think talking about it, continuing to talk about Christian friendship is really, really important. Because I don't think that we talk enough about um, Christian friendship and what it means. And so I hope that you'll uh, find this episode helpful. We're going to start with uh, this quote that is on social media that I shared. And it went kind of crazy on social media. Not in a bad way, but a lot of people shared it. And so the heart of this episode is going to be this quote, but I'm going to expand on this quote. And the quote is, Christian friendship is not transactional, meaning what can I get from this person? What can they do for me? And so on and so forth. But it's servant oriented. How can I pray, encourage, build up, learn from, serve this person? Christian friendship is rooted in the Word. It's focused on Christ and on others. And it should be, I'll add to that also, rooted in the local church. Now, let's, let's start with the first part of this statement. Christian friendship is not transactional. It's not, what can I get from this person, what they can do for me, and so on and so forth. Now, I think on the best days, we would all agree with that, right? We would all say, yes, it's not transactional. My friendship is not about what I can get from this person, how they can further my career and they can help me to advance down, you know, whatever path I'm trying to go. And so we're friends with that person then in that scenario, Uh, Because we we think that they can help us to get where we think we should go. Now, we would all agree that that is wrong as Christians. And we should. As a matter of integrity, we should hold that Christian friendship is servant-oriented. We serve others because we love the Lord and we desire to serve other people that is a matter of christian integrity and and of service of one anothering each other okay but if we're honest in practice we might we might have a friend that has a lot of connections and we might say oh i want to get close to that person i want to be a close friend of that person because you know if maybe if you're an author i can get them to get an endorse give me an endorsement And this way, we treat friendship, and this is just one example, we would treat friendship in that scenario in a transactional manner. But the Bible has something much better for us than using thing, using people, using things or friendships in this way. You know, um, I'll tell you that um, I have told friends in this scenario I've said, you know what? Your friendship means more to me than any kind of endorsement that that you can offer to me. I'm just thankful that you're my friend. I don't I don't I don't care about your endorsement. I mean, I care that you would endorse the book. Yes. But sometimes some of my friends have come back to me that I've known for 10 years or more and they've said, "You know what? I can't in- endorse right now your book because I I have just a lot going on." And I one of the things I do is I, I'll say this to them. I'll say, you know what? What matters more to me is just your friendship. I'm just thankful that you're my friend. You know, I'll say this to people who write for me. they they made a commitment. Say they have an article for our magazine or they've signed up for an article for our series. I, I will tell them, and I've told people, you know what? Just let that article go. It's you're way more important in your family and your ministry come way before and in your walk with the Lord and your ministry in the local church come way ahead of any article that you would write for me. Um And so I always encourage in that way that people to have the right priorities. Um I think that it's really important, especially in, when you're writing, when you're editing, it can just become a very transactional relationship. I've I've written for a number of places where it is transactional. Um, there, I'm writing the article. They're getting something from me. Um, yes, I'm getting something from them and a and a platform and a place to write. But it just becomes just another thing to do. You never you never receive very much appreciation. You never receive. There's never this kind of consideration. It just becomes. Very transactional, and for, Christian friendship can become that way. We can treat each other. We can we can even do this in our marriages. If we if we really think about how much our interaction with one another was transactional, I think we would become very convicted. Uh, in fact, try to ask some of your good friends. Do you feel like do you feel like our friendship is transactional? Ask your spouse. Uh, does does our trans does our relation is our relationship is it transactional, man, I'll tell you what it's convicting. you know we too often, even in even in a good marriage like Sarah and I we we often say, you know what? we'll just pause and we'll just say, you know what? I'm sorry that I'm not taking the time to appreciate you And that and by the way, appreciating one another looks like this. I'm encouraged by how I see the Lord. At work in your life, I, I'm encouraged that I I see this growth in in this area, and I and I'm encouraged by how I see the Lord by His grace through the Spirit at work in your life. That that is really really encouraging, really it is. So Christian friendship is not transactional. Um, Christian friendship is servant oriented how how can i pray encourage build up learn from serve this person that's that should be the heart that should be the posture we we see that from jesus we see that from jesus he had he had a heart to serve people in fact you think about it here's the son of god and the son of man and he gets down on his hands and Knees and he serves the disciples in john's gospel by washing their dirty feet now re- re- remember this is they don't have like we have in our day we don't they didn't have roads they didn't have paved roads they had they had dirt roads, and so you're talking about Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man, getting down on his knees. Hands and knees and cleaning, washing their feet. Uh, that always strikes me. Nothing was below in serving, in teaching, and modeling his loving character to his disciples. Nothing was below the Lord. He, he was willing to do whatever it took to show them the heights and the depths of his love. And what real service looks like. You know what? Real service doesn't look like what we might think. It, it doesn't look like being up on the platform and having a, having a super great title and whatever and being fancy. In fact, having those titles means you're willing to get down in the dirt uh, among the people, hearing about their hurts and their pains and their struggles. In fact, we too often, I, I'll, I'll just say it this way, being that I've been a Christian now for three decades, we too often elevate people to that position or uh, positions of leadership who aren't willing to do the hard work of getting down in the trenches with real people. One of my one of my favorite aspects of ministry, and and it's reflected in in what we see in the Gospels of Jesus. Jesus loved to be among the hurting and the struggling, the outcasts. Um so that's some of my favorite kind of ministry is helping the the man who is struggling with enslavement to pornography or they're needing help finding a place to live and to stay and so I'm able to utilize one of my connections in ministry all over the all over the with friends all over the the country who just want to serve other people and they want to love them well and they they want to pray for and encourage and And shepherd people that would come into their church and on and on and on and you know this is where we have to ask the question is is our is our desire is it to serve other people or is it to build a platform you know and people know the difference they can tell the difference when you when your desire is to serve people to help them to help them grow in in the word and in in the Lord Jesus, uh, people are going to be really thankful for that. Uh, And they can tell that it doesn't mean though, that you're not going to have conflict. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have difficulty in ministry, but it means that, you know what, your focus is not on what I can get out of this situation, not on what I think it's, you know what, how can I pray for this person? You know, I'll never forget. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've shared this on this show, but um, in, in when I was it live when my wife and I were living in Idaho, I was I was very involved in a in a church that we were at, and I'll never forget it. None of the people in the group that I led, the men's group that I led, none of them knew, you know, anybody. They didn't know anybody that comes on this show. They didn't know they didn't know anybody. They didn't know any of the major ministries that we would know. Like Ligonier or, you know, G three Ministries or anything like that. They they didn't know. They didn't know any of the major theologians, or they might have known one or two, and that was about it. They knew who John MacArthur was. And that was about it, okay? But you know what? What I realized is it didn't matter if they knew John MacArthur or whoever else. What they but what they did care about is they wanted to get to know they wanted to get to know me. And this became really apparent over uh, uh, some time, about uh, two years, with a guy in in my Bible study. And he felt that I didn't care about him. I mean, I prayed for him. I tried to show him that I cared about him in the best way possible. But finally we had this conversation with another guy, and it hit me. He needed me to say it. He needed me to say, "I care about you." Um, he needed to not only see that, but he needed to hear it. And we need to be so clear when we're ministering to other people. Our goal should be to build them up. Our goal should be to encourage them. So, whether you're a small group leader, you're you're preaching, you're 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 in any kind of that kind of ministry you know what take the time to let people know, hey, I care for you you know I'm praying for you I mean I'm praying for you because I care about you. It goes a long way with people, and the other thing I would say is just make sure that you're spending lots of time praying for the for the people that you're ministering to you know one of my one of my favorite things to do on on that because of that is is to pray for people. I have a, I have a I have quite a long prayer list. I won't lie, um, and I spend regular time every day praying over that prayer list. That uh, in the morning, at night, uh, during the day, uh, as requests come in, and it's such a joy. You know, ministry, as one of my mentors says, is is a, is a privilege. It's a privilege of God's where. Do we see the Lord at work? Well, the Lord invites us to join Him. He is already at work in the life of His people. And that's what ministry is. It's, it's seeing where the Lord is already at work in the life of people and joining Him there, speaking into people's lives as they're going through the stuff and the stuff of life. And that's what... I'm just using this as an example, but this is really where christian Christian friendship comes in because it provides a a space to ask, "Hey, how can I pray for you? How can I come alongside of you uh even even provides a safe place for us to ask each other, "Hey, what do you think about this topic or do you think that I'm handling this right in this case? It provides an opportunity where we can be mutually beneficially serving one another rather than just hey i'm getting i'm consuming i'm taking i'm taking i'm being transactional i'm being consumer rather than hey i'm praying for you you're praying for me we're loving we're caring for one another we're trying to serve one another we're trying to uh 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 do ironing sharpening iron to point one another ultimately to Christ to help us to grow and build one another up in love. Now, this, what this doesn't mean is, it doesn't mean, you know what, when we have theological differences, what, it, what, what this means is that we take a different approach rather than saying, hey, if I differ from somebody on an on end a times view, rather than saying, oh, I already know what you think about that because I know what that view is. No, I, I, I instead take a different posture. I say, you know what, what do you think about that view? What is your particular understanding of you know, of the millennium and those types of things? In this way, or, or even if somebody is sharing about their view about something on the end times, for example, um, I'll just sit there and I'll listen. I don't have to agree. I can disagree a lot of the time I do. But I can sit there and I can listen and respectfully lovingly care for uh my my friend. Because I I care about my friend. I care about, you know, what they think. I value their their perspective. And you know what? This is not just one friend. This is this is many friends where I disagree on their, their perspective on end times. But their, their view is perfectly orthodox. We agree to disagree. And we still love each other. We still care for one another. We still pray for one another. Hey, you know what? We even still talk to each other. And you know what? That's the beauty of what Christian friendship really is. We can disagree even strongly with each other on, in some cases. We can say, you know what, I think you're wrong. Great. Why? You know, prove it. <laughs> you know, prove it. Prove that you're the one that's right. Prove that your view is the one that I should hold. But on but on these kind of matters, we can just agree to disagree. We can challenge one another. We can push each other. And you know what, we can even admit, I on especially on some of these things on end times, we don't know. We only know so much, and that's great. Um... But we can still ultimately love one another. We can ultimately still pray for each other. We can still learn from each other. We can still serve one another. And this is because Christian friendship is rooted in the Word. It's rooted in the Word. It's not rooted in my opinion about the Bible. It's rooted in the Word of God. It's rooted in what Scripture says and what Scripture means. Because all of Scripture ultimately reveals the person and the work of Jesus Christ. That's John 5, 39 and Luke 24. Uh, G- Jesus says you search the Scriptures because they testify of me. Uh, Jesus interpreted in Luke twenty four twenty seven the whole Scriptures. So all of Scripture points to the person and the work of the Lord Jesus. All of Scripture is focused on Christ because only in the Scriptures can we know Christ. So Christian friendship is rooted in the Word. Christian friendship is focused on Christ in the Word. And it's focused then out of our growth in union with Christ on serving one another in love. This is where, you know, there's so many passages that we could consider, but Colossians 3 comes to mind right now where Paul tells us that we're to put put off the old man and put on the new man and then he lists the characteristics meekness, humility, compassion uh, graciousness, on and on and on things that he talks about also in Galatians 5 where he gives us the fruit of the spirit and this is where friends Christian friendship goes we as Christian friends We aim to take the Word of God that we are reading daily, that we're studying, that we're memorizing and meditating on, that we're taking home into our hearts and our lives uh, by the grace of God and through the work of the Holy Spirit. And we aim to, out of that, care for others, love others, walk alongside of them. You know, you might think, well, there's not much that I can do because... I'm not of the professional theologian class, and so what I might have to share is so basic. And uh, can I just say something about that? No matter if you're a professional theologian, or you're an amateur theologian, or you're a you're a you're a social media theologian, or whatever. Okay. The question isn't your uh, your knowledge level, or even your ability level, or your skill level. The question is are you going to be faithful to the Word? And, and the question is, are you aiming to be helpful to build up another Christian? And if, I'll be honest, if the answer to that, both those questions is yes, then absolutely you should encourage another person, and no matter who they are, because you know what? <laughs> I'll remember, I remember a conversation with, I have mentioned Mike, my dear mentor, in his office in, in Idaho at the church my wife and I were members of. And I remember a, a conversation that he and I were having, and he stopped, and he said, Dave, I know that you know these things. And I, I stopped, and I thought, how am I going to respond to this? And, and I had a moment of, of clarity at that time, and I said, you know what, brother? The choir needs preaching, too. And that's what I would say to all of us. You might have been a Christian your whole life, and you know these things, and you know them well, and that's great, but you know what? The choir needs preaching to. No matter if you have multiple master's degrees, like I do, you've been a Christian over 30 years, you've read the Bible, you read it every year, and you have for years and years and years, and you've read thousands and thousands of theology books. Man, the choir, brothers and sisters, the choir needs preaching to and that's me i need preaching to um i need i need the ministry of the word and i need the spirit to use the word in my life to help me grow i'm going to need that till the day i die and the more i grow in the word the more i long for the word and long for the spirit to conform me even more into the image and likeness of christ so Dear brothers and sisters, we need one another. We need good Christian friends. We need close, if you're a man, you need close male friends. If you're a lady, you need close um, godly female friends. And the same goes for men. You need close godly men in your life. And we need to have, we need to have clear lines between men and women. We need to be careful, especially if you're a married man. Guard your heart with all due diligence. Guard the heart of your of your wife. You you as a, a if you're a married man, you and your you and your wife, men need to have a serious conversation about boundaries with other women and engaging with them, whatever that looks like. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you what that looks like. <clears throat> but I will say, I will say this: be very careful about even engaging on social media, on Messenger. You know, I, in uh, my position, I email uh, women, and if there's ever ever a question of uh, of how something I think might come across in an email or a message or anything, I just ask my wife. How is this as a woman? How is this gonna come across? And and I'll just be like, she'll be like, no, that's good. Or you, know, she'll, I'll be like, no, you know, that needs to be better. I'm like, can you just write that for me? And I'll just say, hey, uh, I wrote this response, this message. Uh, my wife did. I asked her. Here it is. You know, this way we're we're guarding each other's hearts. As Proverbs 4.23 says, with all due diligence. And the heart... We we need to be very clear about this, especially in our day. You know, these things are of practical importance for a man and a woman, a married man and a married woman, to guard their hearts in a, in a day where it is too easy to flirt with temptation. It is. It is too easy to uh, go cross the line, and too many people have. And we need to be, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about just online here, but I'm also talking about being even careful on uh, at church, too. Part of being in ministry means that we're being above reproach. And in person is a little bit different, especially if you're talking at church where you you are in a even in a small group with somebody and you see them and you want to find out about what's going on in their life. You know what? We're not drawing lines and boundaries, and uh, I'm not going to give you every single situation because you know what? It becomes ridiculous at some point. But what I rather what I what I'm trying to say here is: men guard your heart and guard your spouse, and. Ladies, guard the heart of your husband too. Be of practical help to him. Let him know that he can come to you no matter what it is, and he can share with you, and you'll you'll help him. And men do the same with your spouse. Um, part of part of being honest with each other is just that: it's being honest. It's being honest about what's happening. Hey, I'm uh I'm getting uh, kind of close to this to this person, uh, what do you think about this? Or this is where having other men, uh, speaking into your life, men, is really important because you know what? You might think I didn't cross the line with that lady. I didn't, I didn't give myself too much to her. Men were to give, if you're a married man, your heart belongs to the Lord and, and you have joined in union with, with the Lord and you are in covenant with your spouse. So your heart belongs to the Lord. And you are, you are to cleave not to some other woman, but to you, your spouse, to your wife, men. And women, I'll say the same thing to you. It's easy. It might be easy to, to find some other guy that is more appealing or looks better or whatever. No, if you're married, you need to cleave to your husband, cl- closer in intimacy, have these kind of conversations. Have these kind of conversations, open and honest communication in marriage. We in the church today, we don't talk enough about these things, and I know that I've I've gone on another rabbit trail. But you know what? Even, even here, though, we can take something away as I'll land the plane here in just a minute. Marriage, if you don't have a real friendship in marriage, guess what's going to happen? Everything is going to become really duty it's going to become a real duty rather than a delight we as we as married couples should delight in our, in the lord first and then in in our in our spouse and this is part of having honest and open communication where i can share my hurts and my struggles and my pains the deepest ones the deepest hurts that doesn't mean that i never go to my pastor that doesn't mean that i don't share with my other friends But we need to share men with our spouses. There are too many men that are going out and going to other people and going even to their pastor first and not even going to the Lord and not even going to their spouse and sharing what's happening. And that hurts a marriage. That hurts uh, the—because then you're like, how long has this been going on? And this is why something that we talk often on this podcast about, and we keep coming back to it again and again, is keeping short accounts with your spouse because that's, that's so important. If you don't have a really solid friendship, man, with your, with your spouse, you're not going to have a solid marriage, a solid godly marriage that's going to last over time. And the start of that is open and honest communication. And ladies, the same is true with you. If you're not open and honest with your, with, your, with your dude, with your man, guess what? It's not going to work very well. It takes both of you. So for all of us, we need to, we need to be not transactional. What can I get out of this person? What can, I, what can they do for me to help me advance my career, my, my thinking, my project, whatever it is? Or insert that for you. But rather, we should be servant-oriented. In our relationships with Wendell, how can I pray? How can I encourage? How can I help? How can I learn from? How can I benefit? How can I serve this person? Because my desire is rooted in the Word. It's focused on Christ, and it's aiming to serve others for God's glory and for their good. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Equipping You in Grace podcast. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you.